Hey there, it's Jenny, and of course you're listening to the Wild Wellness Podcast. Thanks so much for being here, and I'm thrilled that this topic intrigued you, who got your workout. So it's interesting because I bet when you think of a workout, you probably think of sweat and hustle, probably the opposite of what Huga can be described as, which is cozy well-being. So you might be wondering, how the heck does Huga align with running, strength training, yoga, or your spin class? The thing is, if you listen to the last episode episode 75 on HUGA for your health, you know that some of the happiest people in the world embrace HUGA as a regular way of life. So I want to talk about what does that look like for your workout? Because in my opinion, that mind-body connection that we have is inevitable, and there's not one aspect of that that's more important than the other. So to me, that means that happiness and enjoyment while moving your body is right up there with getting a good sweat, getting strong, uh, having greater endurance, and all of that. So again, if you didn't listen to episode 75 yet on HUGA for your health, it might help to get familiar with HUGA and where I go more in depth with the concept, it would just give you a better understanding of what I share here. So HUGA can be described as cozy self-care, like I said, and even knowing this much, you probably get visions of being curled up under a blanket by a fire, drinking something warm. Again, might seem like the opposite of a workout, right? So I am going to be explaining where HUGA can actually come into your workout. And this idea really comes from the fact that HUGA is the vibe of happiness and contentment in what you're doing. So rather than your workouts feeling like an obligation or rather than you not being in the flow when you're doing them, these moments that you have while you're working out can be some of the most enjoyable moments of your day and you are listening to this possibly as someone who really does enjoy working out but maybe sometimes you just sort of get into a routine with it and you lose that spark you lose that present moment awareness of it or maybe you struggle a little bit with motivation and I'm going to talk about that as well and how Huga can actually help to keep you on track and keep you doing the things that you love even on the days that maybe are a little bit more of a struggle. So just talking about that first, the first way to huga your workout is to actually not do it alone. So a significant part of huga is spending time with people you care about. It's about having meaningful and positive relationships. So when it comes to workouts or running, whatever it is you're doing, you know how that feels, right? To go with a friend to yoga or to spin class or to meet up for a group run. How fun is it to meet with someone who is into the same kind of things you are and wants to hit the trails, for example, for a hike? So I'm all for going solo, and a lot of times that's what I enjoy the most, actually, but I do know that a mix of going solo and group workouts and runs are really what make me most happy. And it's interesting because according to a study published in the Journal of the American Osteopathic Association, Researchers find that working out in a group lowers stress by 26% and significantly improves quality of life, while those who exercise alone put in more effort but experience no significant changes in their stress level and limited improvement to quality of life. So how interesting is that, that it actually has an impact on your stress levels and your experience overall? 
I mean, think about those times that you might be in the gym and you nail that last round of squats when you see someone else powering through or pushing yourself to shave off time, your personal record when you're running a 5k race, just because you're right there with the chick beside you. I mean, there's that old saying that goes, there's strength in numbers, but there's something to be said for that. I want to share another study that was published in the Journal of Social Sciences. It found that people gravitate towards exercise behaviors of those around them. So kind of like what I was saying with pushing through those squats in the gym when you see someone else doing it, even if you do opt for a group run or workout a few times a week, it could make a difference in that aspect, in how you actually I don't want to say perform, but how you actually do what you do. So for most people, it's difficult to say, stay consistent with workout routines, but having a group there waiting for you, providing the motivation and accountability that you might need to be successful. I know for some people, that's why they hired me as a personal trainer when I did that work one-on-one -on -one in person. So it was because I helped them show up and stay on track. So that could be another thing that you consider in hiring a personal trainer to be there with you. Think of it this way too. Group workouts can have a couple of mental advantages over solo workouts. Working out releases endorphins, that reason for the runner's high, for example, and in a group setting, you have the release of endorphins outside of just physical exertion. So because you're with other people, you are getting the endorphins from just being in the presence of other people too. In fact, smiling has been shown to increase endorphin levels in studies. So when you're in a great class or having fun on the trails and you're laughing and you're with some amazing people, that kind of happiness can really make you feel great outside of just your runner's high. An added benefit of that mood boost is that when you are pushing yourself hard and struggling through the more difficult parts of a workout or a run, you'll feel better and more energized to endure. So now if you're thinking, I don't know who to run with or work out with, start with going to a group class. There's so many available or go to a scheduled group run near you, even if it's just once a week. You don't have to do this you know, every other day, you don't even have to do it every day. It's there's value in going solo as well, but just start with once a week, start small. And honestly, even if that seems like too much right now, you could just make a goal to go one time this month to go and work out with a group or in a different setting than your usual solo routine. If that's where you're at. The next way to hygge your workout is to move your body in nature. So big surprise that I'm sharing this, right? <laughs> the closer you can get to nature, the more hygge. If you're a member of the wild, I'm guessing you enjoy the outdoors, but maybe you don't have endless ideas of how you can work out outdoors if you're not running outside or riding a bike or hiking. So let me tell you, I've got you covered. You're going to want to go check out what I'm offering over there at Members of the Wild because there's some really fun new things coming when it comes to workout inspiration for the outdoors. I know that I'm so much happier outdoors. So, so much so that I take my strength training outside as well. I love using the natural elements like rocks and logs. If you follow me on Instagram, you've probably seen some of this because I like to show people what's possible and how it doesn't have to necessarily be in a gym. So if you need inspiration and have no idea what this would look like, again, go to Members of the Wild and check out what I'm sharing with you there for some workout inspiration.
The link is in the show notes, or you can go to jennyholbert.com forward slash wild members. So another note about workouts outdoors. I think we could all admit that our energy is different throughout the month. So adjusting for that is important. And even if you don't feel like going outside for a workout, maybe you're not thinking that's the best thing for cozy well-being at the time, because let's be honest, sometimes during the month, it might not be, but you'll still find what you need in the outdoors and kind of connecting with nature more for your workout. Because another part of Huga-ing, your workout, is honoring your body's cycles. Just like nature has seasons and different energy associated with each one, so do you and I. So when it does come to outdoor workouts, whether you're paying attention to what's going on in nature and aligning with that, or you're literally working out outdoors, there's some really solid facts that you may want to consider. Moving outdoors has been shown to reduce anger and depression and improve mood, according to a 2010 study. The exposure to sunlight enhances vitamin D production, which could be partially responsible for those mood-enhancing effects. And it also can boost your immune system because our body works differently when we're in nature. And honestly, nature provides like a natural stimulus for the body to protect itself from disease. So you may actually end up expending more energy outdoors too. There's some really interesting research that found road runners burn more calories when running at the same speed than treadmill runners, mainly because of the wind resistance that they encounter outdoors. So it's going to be possibly a harder, more challenging workout outside. So you want to mix that up every once in a while, get out in real life, so to speak, as opposed to just being on a machine indoors. Maybe there's not a lot of options where you live, though, of green space. I know that that's an issue for some people. So find something and just use it, even if you have to drive a little bit. It could be something that is a park. Maybe it's something that you live so far out from things that you just have a chance to go on the weekend. I mean, find an area that basically allows you to move in nature, explore, feel like you're playing outside like a kid. <laughs> and like I said, if it's a park in where close to where you live in the town that you live or near where you go to school, or it's a weekend that you plan to make sure you get away, that's another thing you can incorporate in. So moving on to the third way to hygge your workout. This one you might not have thought of that I would even talk about because it's about clothing. So proper clothing with a focus on warm, cozy, and comfy. And believe it or not, this has a big impact on not just how you do your workout, but if you do your workout. So it may seem simple and obvious, but it really does matter what you wear. And I remember hearing once that there's no such thing as poor weather, just poor clothing choices. And it's so true. I mean, if you're going out in the winter, especially with clothing that just doesn't match the elements, it might not be the most enjoyable experience. I have had this happen to me as much as I know this and have had so many experiences where I haven't gone out prepared with the right things. You know, I'm usually pretty good at knowing how to dress for the weather, but sometimes the wind and different exposure on a trail brings some surprises. So I was running in an area that I hadn't been before. I was on a trip and I struggled to keep warm the entire run, which really threw off the experience. It was super windy, which made it colder. And I had just hopped out of the car, so I really didn't have a sense of what it felt like outside at the time other than looking at the temperature on my weather app. 
But it's during those moments where it's more of a mental practice for me to focus on what feels good and just do what I can to be comfortable. But if you do find yourself resistant to go out in the winter, it may be because you've had so many past experiences where you just weren't dressed properly. You didn't have the windproof or the waterproof clothing that you needed. So try soft and cozy. Try waterproof clothing. And one trick that I have when it's super cold is toss my clothes in the dryer when so they're warm when I put them on and then I head out the door. It's so good. I highly encourage you to try that. And another tip is to dress as if it were 20 degrees warmer and you were just going outside to sit instead of sweat. So if it's 30 degrees Fahrenheit, then dress for being comfortable outside doing nothing as if it were 50 degrees. If you were just going to go and sit in a hammock and it was 50 degrees Fahrenheit, what would you wear to be comfortable? Well, if it's 30 degrees outside and you're going for a run, that's what you should wear. That's the kind of layers. This has really been a great guide for me. It's prevented me from overdressing or underdressing most of the time, <laughs> except for those times when you definitely need to factor in wind and precipitation. So keep that in mind. Last, I want to talk about recovery. So what about creating HUGA experiences after a workout? This is where essential oils come in for me and for so many people. Recovery is just as important as the workout itself because if you don't get the proper rest and rejuvenation, then the next time you go for it, you might think it's a hard workout because it feels hard, but sometimes that's because you're just simply not recovered. So if you're consistently not recovering, you're not really moving with your full potential and it's not enjoyable. So how do essential oils play into recovery first? Well, it's amazing what nature offers us in plants. It really is. When we have inflammation causing soreness and tension in the muscles and joints, oils like peppermint and wintergreen, they have a cooling and a warming effect respectively, and they can both be applied topically, diluted with a vegetable carrier oil. And I also like to put oils like marjoram in a bath with Epsom salts because the Epsom salts and the magnesium are really relaxing to your muscles too. And I want to make mention that sleep is a vital part of recovery. I mean, I've talked about this before. There's whole episodes on sleep and even essential oils for sleep. But just as a quick refresher for some of you who may be listening for the first time, Roman chamomile, lavender, vetiver, these are all essential oils that can make deep sleep more possible. You can put them in a diffuser. You can apply them to the bottoms of your feet. I like to do a little foot rub before I get into bed with those. You can put the extra on the back of your neck so you continue to smell it. Wipe some on your pillow. And I also enjoy massage, stretching, and foam rolling. I think it's really important to move in that way on recovery days and a lot of times it it's the difference between me being ready to go out and not feeling like I'm ready to go out just by doing that stretching or self-massage beforehand and also make sure you're hydrated possibly replenishing with electrolytes that's important for recovery too so just to kind of give you a couple ideas with essential oils for sleep things like massage stretching and foam rolling hydration all of that for recovery because overtraining and under-recovering is not fun. It's not hygge. So not only can you basically undo work that you have done, but it can just leave you feeling lethargic and insomnic and irritable 
and it's really disruptive to your body systems in a way that could lead to you not continuing on. So speaking of rest, Huga is also about giving yourself a treat. So make sure you are resting kind of along the lines of recovery. Recovery is also about taking rest days. And when you do soak it in, soak it in with a massage, have something delicious to eat, put on your Huga pants, <laughs> whatever it is. Huga for workouts can also be cross training. For me, it's really fun to go do something completely different than what I have been doing. So maybe if I've been training for a big race and it's all run, 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 it's really fun to just go for a swim or take a slow walk or go for a bike ride. It feels very fun and different. And to me, that's huga. You may even want to schedule in a down week every eight to 12 weeks of intense training to allow your body to properly recover. So this could be an entire week away from your workouts or just a time to temporarily reduce the weight, the intensity, or the volume, whatever it is that you've been up to. So keep that in mind as well for when it comes to rest. And back in the episode on Huga for Your Health, episode 75, I talked about winter and how it's a season of quiet, stillness, and rest. But you might be wondering, what if you're training for a spring race and you're amping things up in the winter? So only you can decide what's best for you by noticing how you feel and what your energy is like training in the summer versus training at the same intensity during the winter. Some people love winter and they really thrive and their energy is high. Some people feel the opposite and they do better in the summer. But since nature overall kind of offers us this restful energy in the winter, it might be wise to pay attention to that energy first and allow yourself to have a different kind of pace, even if it's in other areas of your life. So maybe your training is a big focus and maybe you really do want to go for that spring race or that race that's in the middle of the winter, but you maybe don't stack on a bunch of other goals, other personal goals, other business goals that are requiring a lot of energy too. So I think it's helpful to look at the whole picture and where you're expending energy, where you're pouring it out because you don't want to have too many burners lit at the same time. I've talked about this before with the four burners. And I also think it's helpful to ask, how can I incorporate more rest? So if you are doing it during a season that maybe you're feeling a little less energetic, incorporate more rest. So maybe that's getting nine hours of sleep instead of seven to eight, or maybe it's doing more restorative yoga, going to a class a week or doing 20 minutes on your own at the end of the day. And maybe it's even doing some of the things I just talked about with recovery. So you can huga your workouts any time of the year. But if you're listening to this in the winter, I want to offer you something to remember about your winter body. It's sort of a, a story that I had one winter, and it's how I was reminded to Huga my workout and to Huga with my winter body. It was one of those runs. The wind was biting at the skin on my face and my legs felt the sting of the cold air. Despite the layers and body heat that I had generated over the last five miles, I still didn't feel quite warmed up. Some days I have bursts of energy to get outside in the winter because I've been cooped up indoors. But other days when it's dark, cold, damp, feels heavy. 
I just feel the same as the clouds hanging over the western Pennsylvania sky. Heavy and slow. So as I finished this run and I slowed down to walk towards the car, I just had this moment of frustration with how I felt. And I wondered, am I getting out of shape? Why did that feel so hard? Then a wiser voice from the summer days of warm sunshine and late sunset runs whispered to me, no, honey, this is your winter body. Ah, yes, this is my winter body. She's a little more sluggish some days, especially when the clouds are low and heavy. She tends to be less motivated to move fast when it's cold. She wants to turn inward and craves warm things like soups and cookies fresh out of the oven. She also craves warm tea instead of ice cold water and warm soup instead of a salad. This is my winter body. So rather than be discouraged, disgusted, or disappointed, the question is, how can I love the body I'm in for the season I'm in? How can I nurture myself during this colder season? What would it be like to be more present and enjoy the movement that I'm doing? It's okay to take it easy. I can't go all out 100% of the time. No one feels energized on every single workout. When I listen to my body, I know when it's time to take an easy day or a rest day. If I'm taking the pace slower, I pay more attention to my body and how the effort feels. If I leave the stopwatch at home, I can focus less on pace and less on the numbers and more on how my body feels, how my mood is different, how things have changed this day and this time of the year. So embrace the cues to go slower because the day will come when you're ready for speed. Maybe in the meantime, try something new altogether, like hiking or skiing or a new class. Learn something new. Embrace the season. Move with ease. Huga your workouts because this is your winter body. Did you know you can become a member of the wild? You'll get members only masterclasses, podcast episodes, and bonus resources, plus some other surprises coming very soon. Just go to jennyholbert.com forward slash wild members to find out more. And before you go, my friend, make sure you subscribe to the wild wellness podcast. If you don't want to miss any future episodes, and if you enjoyed it, would you be willing to share it with someone and write a review on iTunes that helps more than you know and would be amazing thank you so much for listening for showing up and until we chat again go live your one wild life